coming up next on Chamber Amplified. Team that's not getting along, um, and nobody really knows why, and nobody's really being doing anything terribly wrong. They're just very different people. This can be really powerful in helping folks understand themselves and understand the other folks in the team so they can figure out how to leverage all the good and work through and around the stuff that maybe is a little foreign to them. Welcome to the show. I'm Doug Jenkins from the Finlay-Hancock County Chamber of Commerce. On each episode of Chamber Amplified, we're examining issues impacting the local business community, whether they be employee recruitment retention issues, marketing problems, IT issues, safety and security, really anything that could be impacting your business. Our goal is to give our members tips each week on at least one way they can improve operations and thrive in the current business environment. Also, each week, we're talking to a long-tenured Chamber of Commerce member to learn more about how they got started, their twists and turns along the way, and the lessons that they learned. Today on the program, we're talking about the importance of developing leaders in your organization. Bill Kiefer of Kiefer & Associates will join us to talk about how finding out your employees' goals can really go a long way in helping retain those employees. Bill also says that it's not just to retain, but also get better production, get better teams, and you'll see a lot of benefits. We're also joined by Bob Mogger of Mogger Exterminating. They've been members for 66 years now at the Chamber. Certainly a lot's changed in the industry over that time. Bob's going to tell us all about that, as well as how the business ended up in Finley to begin with. Thanks again for tuning in. And remember, if you're listening on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, you can always rate and review the show. It does help spread the word. Now let's get into it. Joined now by Bill Kiefer of Kiefer & Associates as we talk a little bit about developing leaders within your organization and why that's important. Bill, thanks for joining us today. Thanks, Doug. It's great to be here. Absolutely. We've had you speak at several of our events here at the Chamber and always like to get your knowledge on these types of things. We've heard a lot about employee recruitment and retention over the last couple of years and, and things people should be doing. And one of the things that comes up is, you know, building your employees as leaders. And if you're able to do that, you have a better chance at retention. So let's start there. Why is it better to build leaders within your organization rather than just onboard people and hope that they stick around? I guess well, the way know, I set that up is kind of leading, but you know what? We're not in court, so I'm allowed to lead you. No, that's okay. I'm good with that. <laughs> yeah, I'm good with that. You know, uh, there's a lot of reasons, and, and you spend a lot of time getting great talent into your organization. And if you don't take care of the folks when they're there, whether it's job development, whether it's leadership development, where it's succession planning or career management, if you're not doing something to help people do a better job today and help them see some kind of positive future, they're likely not to stay. And in this kind of job market right now, man, you find great talent. You want to keep them. So, you know, a lot of times people leave. It's not because of the job. It's because of the people. Right. And this is, I mean, I think this is applicable to every industry, whether you're a manufacturer or you have office space downtown, restaurants, every sector can benefit from developing leaders within their organization. No, they absolutely can. You know, people hire people and people do business with people. Now, that doesn't mean that we have to all be gigantic extroverts and, you know, customer facing every day, um, but we all interact with others at certain levels. And if you can improve the leadership capability, the teamwork capability, the ability of each individual to interact better with other individuals, it's only good. It's only good. Absolutely. And what are some mistakes you see when I've seen a lot of companies start to like maybe look at this a little bit more? But 
it can be implemented in a clunky way, I would imagine. Do you see companies make mistakes and they're like, all right, we're developing leaders right now, and then maybe things go awry? Sure. Let's go develop leaders, and they don't know what leadership means. <laughs> I had that experience at one of the companies I worked for. I joined them. They said, hey, we need a global leadership development program. I said, great. I've done that before. First question, leadership team, what does leadership mean here in this circumstance for our business, for our culture? And a couple of folks actually chuckled at me. They go, well, of course we know what it means. I said, yeah, but book smart and real world smart are two different things. And if we as a leadership team don't agree on what leadership is, then the effort's going to be kind of sub-optimized and we're going to do a lot of work and probably not land where we want to land. So big mistake is you don't understand what leadership really means. Second big mistake is to look at it as a cost, not an investment. You know, at the end of the day, to do this right, like anything in business, you have to invest resources, time, money, attention, so on and so forth. And if you only look at leader development, developing people as a cost, you're going to have a swing and a miss. And if you look at that cost-benefit analysis, what does it cost you to onboard new employees? What does it cost you to have to go through that recruitment process again? Um, if you just want to look at uh, the numbers, I would imagine that you're going to find some surprising figures there. Oh, absolutely. I mean, onboarding and retention is one, or I'm sorry, recruitment and, and retention is one thing. But then there's the real other cost of low levels of engagement, people not being as productive as they could, lack of clarity when people don't understand, um, you know, what am I here for and how does it fit and what are we trying to do? All those things add up to real cost whether they're obvious or subtle or hard costs or soft costs. When you mentioned that there are you know, different types of leaderships for different organizations and different organizations need different things, are we talking sometimes we need people to lead by example, other times we need somebody to really step up and, and take charge? What, what are some different ways that different businesses look at how leadership or what leadership means to them? Well, you know, it's funny because in, in some organizations, leadership is not a set of characteristics. It's just a title. It's a certain level. You know, if you're a band for vice president titled person, you're a, you're a leader. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, quite frankly, I think that's ridiculous. You know, at the end of the day, leadership is about a set of characteristics and behaviors that in, in my humble opinion is all about causing things to happen that otherwise wouldn't with and through others. That's kind of my working definition of it. And you see every variation of what people think leadership is. There's the classic, you know, um, just hard charge and directive uh, command and control kind of leader. And, you know, there's times for that. Right. You know, if you're in an emergency, yeah, guess what? You might need that. Then there's the other side where you have very laissez-faire folks in positions of authority. And that is a leadership style. And that can be effective, perhaps with highly motivated, highly capable, experienced teams that really don't need somebody in a ring. And there's everything in between. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's, uh, it's a whole world of um, possibilities out there of what leadership really is. But every organization, no matter the type or size, really would do itself a service to sit down and go, okay, what does leadership mean here? Not just in a theoretical, but in what's the set of behaviors? And what's that going to drive? And what are we trying to achieve? And then taking steps to actually bring that to life. So through your business, you've worked with area businesses and businesses really across the nation in helping do that. One of the things that you focus on, uh, and I know you have emphasis on, is that finding your why. I, first, let's talk a little bit about what that is. 
Yeah. So there's a whole stream of work out there about what's your why. It's in, you know, popular business uh, writings and, and podcasts and all that stuff. And it's important. Basically, it's understanding what's your purpose. Why am I here? Why do I do what I do? Now, that's an interesting thing. And oftentimes people will say, well, here's my why. And then they just kind of stop with that. <laughs> I, what do you do with it once you got it? That's, you know? a, that's a really good question. Yeah. And how does that impact not only me on the job, but me in relationships at work, at home, and thus, how does that impact the overall work environment? So a while ago, um, I discovered and became certified in a, in, in a new assessment instrument called the Y operating system. Uh, takes its roots from the simple question of why, what's your why or what's your mm -hmm. purpose? It realized that it fell short in a way that I kind of described. And this instrument goes on to help people understand their how or the process by which that why comes to life and their what or what they actually deliver. And I thought that was really powerful. And it gives participants um, a better, deeper, more useful understanding of this whole bit of why. Because it's not just why. For, for example, my why is to make sense of complex things. I can look at stuff and I can make sense out of it pretty quickly. Well, that's good. Uh, comes with its ups and downs. Right. Uh, but once I understood my how, which is mastery, to learn as much as broadly and deeply as I can in the time allowed, now it goes, oh, okay, now I understand why I'm the guy asking 94 questions. Why I'm the guy driving people nuts with the, hey, why did that happen? And how is this? And what's the root of that? And where did we come from from that? And why other people greatly value the fact that I asked those questions. And finally, it answers the question of my what, or what is it I deliver, or what's the result that I can be counted on for, regardless of circumstance. And in my case, my what is trust. I can deliver solutions that you can trust and build relationships that are rooted in trust. So having that why, the how, and the what, or as I like to call it, your purpose, your process, and your promise, it really helps people understand more about themselves. And it helps them maybe get ahead of themselves in a positive way to help make a better impact on other in individuals, the teams, and the organization overall. What does the process of going through and finding those things out about yourself and your employees, for that matter, look like? I, I can't imagine it's something you just sit down and uh, and after a, an hour or so, you've got it. Oh, oh, we've got this figured out. Um, it seems like this is probably a, a process. Well, it is. And, and quite frankly, um, the work that they've done, they automated the assessment. Uh, it's about 35 questions. And quite frankly, it's um, it's easy to do because you just have to answer questions honestly, right? Mm -hmm. They pose a bunch of, it's all statistically valid and reliable. They've let over 100,000 people take this thing to test its validity and its reliability, using over 500 companies around the world already. Um, so the assessment itself is quite short. So if you're interested in doing something like this, get a hold of me. And I will understand what we're trying to do. Mm -hmm. Is this for an individual who we're trying to improve their performance? Is this for an individual who we're trying to decide where they go next? What's a succession plan for them? Is this for a team where we're going to apply it to different folks? Then we go ahead and we, we apply the assessment. And there's, you know, little technical steps. The assessment only takes about 20 minutes. It's not long. And that is just simply the start. Yeah, that's Once just you, it. Yeah. Yeah. So it, 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 you, I get the assessment results, and then I work with the individuals to say, based on your responses, it appears that your why, how, and what 
are these. How does that resonate with you? And do you have examples of how that might have worked well for you in life, at work, et cetera? And do you have examples of where that might have been kind of challenging for you? And how are things going now and so on and so forth? And then that can lead um, to a longer coaching engagement if there's a desire and intent for that. Right. You can that, do the same thing for teams. Yeah. You got a team that's not getting along um, and nobody really knows why. And nobody's really being doing anything terribly wrong. They're just very different people. This can be really powerful in helping folks understand themselves and understand the other folks in the team so they can figure out how to leverage all the good and work through and around the stuff that maybe is a little foreign to them. Absolutely. Have, have you seen, obviously in practice and working with businesses, are there any industries or businesses where you've been surprised at how effective this method has been? I, honestly, it's effective in all of them. Whether you're manufacturing, whether you're a staff role, whether you're mm -hmm. operations, whether you're retail, whether you're nonprofit, you're for-profit, publicly traded, privately held, large company, small company, um, family-owned, you know, not family-owned, um, this can work in all the groups. The key to the success, though, is quite honestly, the leadership team, the people in positions of authority saying, yes, in fact, this is important, and giving that the individuals or perhaps the teams um, a, a kind of positive lead-in to it. You know, this is not something that you want to do for anything punitive. This isn't a punitive thing. Right. This is about helping people understand who they are and how they operate and what they deliver so they can perform better, so they can perhaps better understand themselves in and outside of work, and so they can get along better and work better with folks um, on their teams and in other groups. Definitely something that I think our area employers should be looking into. Uh, Bill, before we get into how people can contact you, if they want more information on it or just maybe want to take that first step, would be a miss. We didn't mention uh, you are a published author there. I see the book in the background, The Military Career Transition. Uh, and uh, I, I know you're working on a second one. I don't know if you can uh, if you can talk a little bit about that or not. I can. I can. I appreciate you bringing that up. Um, this book came out a year ago, um, July of 21. Uh, it released as Amazon's uh, number one new release in their job hunting category. So I was really pleased with that. And it's all about helping service members make the transition from the military to the civilian business sector. Now, the interesting thing, the context is military, but the, the lessons are all applicable to civilians, whether you're military directly or even or never been around the military. The examples in this book are military. That's mm -hmm. about helping people land. I can't get too much into the second book, but the kind of the gist of the second book is what do you do once you've landed? So first one gets you there. The second one helps you uh, uh, become successful and remain successful once you're there. I'm very excited for that. And congratulations on the first book as well. I think it's right behind me too. There I've got it. Look at that. The, there it is. I think I got a thank you card blocking the, uh, the bottom half of the, the, the cover jacket there. Uh, Bill, if people want to get in touch with you and learn more about uh, any of this, what's the best way to do that? Yeah, the easiest way is on LinkedIn, quite frankly. Um, William E. Bill Kiefer. Um, I'm all over LinkedIn. I'm on it way too much. Um, <laughs> if, if you're not a LinkedIn person, um, you can get me. Uh, my website is www.kiefer-associates.com, www.kiefer-associates.com. Or you can email me at bill at uh, kiefer-associates.com. 
Or heck, you can give me a call, 419-205-7072. Well, Bill, it's it's great information. I think that uh, a lot of our members would be be well advised to take advantage of some sort of leadership training, whether it be through you or be through someone else. Doing that, just building that team is such a huge part in that employee recruitment and retention. Thanks for taking time to join us today. Well, thanks for the opportunity, Doug. It's great. And uh, looking forward to uh, chatting again with you soon. Absolutely. I'll uh, next time I'm up your way, I'll buy at the Portage Inn. There you go. Sounds good, man. It was good. I enjoyed it this last weekend. Love that place. Love that place. <laughs> Thanks again to Bill for joining us. I've heard Bill talk at a lot of different events on a variety of topics. Always enjoyed getting his perspective. If you're having a lot of turnover still, it's worth looking into some leadership training. I think you'll be pleasantly surprised by the results. And really, like we talked about, it doesn't really matter the industry, whether you're a manufacturer, you've got offices downtown, a restaurant, what have you. Doing those leadership training uh, events and, and learning more about how your team works together can go a long way. One quick chamber note to run by you. We are coming up on the next cycle of our digital billboard program in about a month. If you've ever wanted to do outdoor advertising, this is really a good way to dip your toe into the space at a fraction of the cost. We have a spot on the digital billboard across from the Walmart on Tiffin Avenue right now, and our members can get a steep discount. If you're interested in that program, let me know, and I'll get you all the logistics for that. Now, let's get back into the show. Joined now by Bob Mauger of Mauger Exterminating Company. And Bob, 66 years as a Chamber of Commerce member. That is a long time. I know you haven't been part of it for 66 years, but uh, but we really appreciate the patronage. Tell us how the company got started. Well, my grandfather was in the, in the industry down in Columbus, and they were having payroll problems. So he decided he was going to take all his accounts that were up here and take them over, and he moved up here and started the company. So you've been here ever since. How did you then get into the the company? It sounds like it's been in the family for a long time. Yeah, well, my grandfather uh, was up here for a couple of years, and he called my dad and said, uh, I need help. Come up and join me. And my dad came up, and uh, then I was next in line, and... (laughs) So it's been a family affair for for sixty six years now. Uh, let's talk just a little bit about uh, the, the services that you offer. What are the things that people call uh, call up Mugger Exterminating that they can uh, they they can have you do? Well, right now the big thing is uh, yellow jackets and hornets, but uh, bed bugs uh, keep us pretty busy. And uh, then, you know, there's always the industrial and uh, commercial stuff, uh, restaurants and uh, food service, uh, well, food industry. A lot of stuff. Let's talk a little bit about the, uh, you were talking about the mean insects right there, wasps and hornets this time of year, especially going into the fall. That tends to be when they get a little angrier as they're finding food and hanging out around trash cans at football games uh, is where you'll find them. Um, What are some things people can do to try and uh, prevent it from happening to begin with? Well, just keep uh, food from laying around outside. That's the the biggest thing you can do. But should it happen, you want to call a professional. What are the precautions? What are the things that you do to to do this in a a safe and, and easy way? I don't know if it's easy when you're dealing with wasps. They're mean. Well, we do 
the wasps, uh, in general, we do from a distance with power sprayer, treating mm-hmm. their nests up along the eaves and that. And uh, one thing people really want to avoid doing is sealing them up inside. There's a lot of people that, uh, you know, take some foam insulation and spray it into the nest opening. They're going to get out of there. And half the ways out are into the house. They're going to go to the point of least resistance and yeah. make their way. Wow. That's, All these uh, ways out are in the house. That's terrifying. Yeah, it can be. Yeah. And Call it the makes our job people. a lot more difficult. <laughs> Call the professionals for sure. Um, we do see you out doing a lot of industrial work. Uh, and, and that's, I mean, you've got a lot of big facilities. Big facilities have nooks and crannies and places where critters can get in. Um, so I imagine there's a whole walkthrough you have to do when uh, when you get ready to take on an industrial client. Oh, yeah. Just, you know, what kind of problems they're going to be dealing with, uh, the, the conditions uh, that might make that problem worse. And, of course, you know, Exclusion, you know, keeping them out is always a big thing. Yeah. So I imagine it's a lot easier to keep them out than dealing them once they get in. Right. It's it's cheaper put or cheaper preventing fires and putting them out. <laughs> That's a very good point. What would you say some of the bigger challenges you faced over the years have been? Um as far as challenges, just the industry changes all the time. Uh, in like the late 90s, if you would have said, you guys are going to be doing a bunch of bed bug check work, uh, you would have had a bunch of people staring at you like, you're crazy. But then all of a sudden, you know, early 2000s, they just took off like something out of nowhere. I hadn't done any bed bug jobs probably since like 1995 or 1975 to 2000. That's, so, a, that's uh, and certainly it's been a prevalent thing over the last several years. So yeah, uh, what's one way technology has really impacted your industry? Well, uh, the, the chemical makeup, uh, the formulations that we use, uh, used to be everything was either emulsifiable or soluble, meaning it was dissolved in water or oil. And then they switched to uh, like microencapsulated, which are like nylon beads that are impregnated with the active ingredient. Uh, so you went from like half and 1% to Thirty-three hundredths of a percent, or thirty-three thousandths of a percent. I mean, oh wow! So it's become more efficient in, in delivery methods. Oh yeah, uh, and the chemicals have changed. Uh, I hesitate to use the word chemicals, but the products <laughs> uh, have gone from uh, organophosphates and uh, chlorinated hydrocarbons to uh, 
pyrethroids and synthetic pyrethroids and some neonicotinoids, which are, you know, they're all less toxic, but mm -hmm. they're aimed more at systems that are really weaknesses for insects. So it's all highly technical. I mean, I, I feel like I'm getting a science lesson here just talking to you uh, uh, with some of the terms. So I would imagine there's a lot of keeping up with the latest of what's happening in the industry and certifications and doing that to make sure that one, that you're doing it safely, but also always delivering the best quality product. Yeah. And well, I've always been one to, you know, there's a continuing education out there, get as many guys going to it as possible because it can't be too educated. <laughs> That's a very good point. So if people want to learn more about Moggers Exterminating, what's the best way for them to get in contact with you? Well, we, if they need a prop, if they have a problem, they need to take care of, uh, they can just give us a call. There you go. I even have the phone number. I've got my cheat sheet to the right here. 419-422-4464, the number to call. That's right. Well, Bob, we appreciate you joining us today. And again, thank you for being such a longtime chamber member. I get 66 years as a member here. We do really appreciate it and uh, your service to the community. Thanks again to Bob for joining us today. Really enjoy learning more about some of our longtime family-owned businesses in the area. And certainly 66 years, no small feat. So good talking to Bob about that. That's going to do it for this week's episode. I hope you learned a little something about the local business community and hopefully a little something to help you run your business better. If you have any ideas for topics that we should cover, just send me an email at djenkins at findlayhancockchamber.com. Remember, if you're listening on the website, we can get every episode of Chamber Amplified delivered straight to your phone. Just search for Chamber Amplified in your favorite podcast player. Thanks again for listening. We'll see you next time on Chamber Amplified from the Findlay-Hancock County Chamber of Commerce.